Welcome everybody. Um, I'm here with dad. We're just going through some dad stories and we're picking up now where my dad left college in McPherson, Kansas, and he's now heading to the Coast Guard. So tell us how you got into the Coast Guard, dad. Well, I, my brother Jack was in the Navy in the Korean War and I told him that I was going to join the Navy and he told me not to join the Navy to join the Coast Guard because when you make rate in the Navy, you have to go against fleet-wide competition and in the Coast Guard, you only go by, there's 17 districts, there were 17 districts when I went in, in the Coast Guard and you only had to win, uh, go against your district. And so I went in and uh, the guys that we met we all met together and had to go on the train. And there was a guy by the name of Jay, and I can't even remember Jay's last name now. Little teeny Texas guy, smaller than I was, and I was small enough. And, uh, but uh, Jay and a bunch, and Clem Castor, that, I'm, that was my next door neighbor that quit high school to join with me. And uh, we got on the train and went to boot camp up in Cape May, New Jersey. And uh, to show that you were a boot camp guy, you had to wear your white, your uniform, and then you had to wear leggings that you had to lace up from your knees down here. And that meant that you was nothing but a peon. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, you, you know, they, 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 you were, you were, uh, they, they, you were a one striper. Well, you hadn't even learned to one stripe yet because you wasn't through boot camp. Okay. And in boot camp, they, um, they made us uh, get out there and they had all kinds of rowing boats out on the cement things, a, big, a huge cement deal. And they had boats setting up there and you had to get in those boats and there's a guy that was in there with you that was a coxswain and he, you had to learn how to row even though you wasn't in the water. And you sat out there in the sun and you had to learn to, to, to take your oar and you had to keep your blade flat when you was bringing it back. And then you trip, you, mm-hmm. you learned to flip it and then you would, when you do your flipping, then you'd bring oar and then flip and then that flatten your blade out so that if we hit a wave when you were going forward to do another stroke, it wouldn't knock you on your hind end. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it would do. Mm-hmm. And that we found that out. But you weren't on a rowboat or anything like no, that. No, but, but that's what we, that's what you dropped off of your ship, ship when you yeah. went to rescue somebody out in the water. And what was the name of your ship that you ended up being The on? Coast Guard Cutter Aurora. It was a named after a Greek goddess. And uh, there was a whole group of them. And uh, to say that it was a modern ship would have been a lie. It was commissioned in 1931. Yeah. And how how many feet was it? 165 foot air and sea rescue. Foot. I look when when we watched the movie Greyhound together. Yes. I actually looked looked up your boat or your ship. Yes, right? you did. And yeah, so 165 footer. There were several of these commissioned, is that right? Yeah, every one of them, there was nine of them for all named this after particular, Greek, nine Greek goddesses. Yeah, for this, this particular yes. ship. And yours was docked in... Savannah, Georgia. Savannah. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you ended up getting stationed in Savannah. 
in Savannah, Georgia. I put in for 16 transfers and never got a one. <laughs> That's true. The, the Midwest kid is. Uh, yeah. And is, uh, that was the. Uh, in Georgia. That was one of the few things that I learned. The biggest river I'd ever seen was that little Arkansas River I played on. Mm-hmm. And then when I went there, I got seasick the day we left Miami, which we sent to Miami and cleaned up that. We had to clean out the bilges on the boat because we were going to uh, stay out at sea for quite a while and build Loran sites, which is what you would call now uh, the deals in the sky that... uh, that's how you figured out you'd find two Loran sites and then you had to mount them up, which that was my job, ended up being my job uh, when I became a second-class quartermaster. And you plotted your course with those and that told you where you were at in the, in the middle of, um, of the ocean. Okay. And it was pretty accurate. It was within about a half a mile, they said. But of course now GPS just makes it so much easier now than... Mm-hmm. You just go in, push the buttons, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have Loran sites anymore. 